0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Dundee Church Podcast with JD and the great Keith. <laughs> so I think that's, Ooh, Now I got
1: something to live up to. Why now. should we call
0: this the Dundee Church Podcast when we could just say the JD and Great Keith Show? How about that? <laughs> I approve. And I this approve. This, this, <laughs> it would only be appropriate to refer to me as great. The great, uh, the great. That is Keith Holmes. This is J.D. Gorlette, and we are coming to you from Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. Lovely
1: Omaha. Man, it's too lovely. Yeah. And it, it's middle of December, yeah. and it's going to be fifty today. Yeah. Where I, I'm sorry. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. We
0: need the ground to freeze. We need snow. We need. Right. We need stuff. I need somebody. I don't mind the snow. I just mind the fact that I don't have someone else to do the shoveling. That's, That's my only problem. That is sad. I mean, honestly, how many of us hate winter be- simply because we don't have somebody that will shovel for yes. us? Think about well, that for free. First. Because there are a lot of people out there that'll do it, okay. but they're going to call. It's going thank, to cost you. Thank you for that katastool co- <laughs> that you added to that. That's my legal background. Th- there you go. Today we're uh, we've been working through the Book of John. Uh, I don't know. what This is about podcast number sixteen in the Book of John, so mm. we're really taking a deep dive into the Book of John. Yep. Because this is podcast sixteen, we're only, I should say, up to chapter 9. Yep. I don't apologize for that because no. the, the Gospel of John is so rich. Oh it's such, it has what we call such a high Christology, such a high view of who Jesus is. Right. Uh, and that takes a lot of thinking and yeah. a lot of praying you know, to, to examine this. Absolutely. It's not a, just a quick read. Right.
1: It's not, you know, I, I think of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. As they're wonderful. They're the Gospels. Yeah. They're God-ordained. But they're a nice read. Yeah. You know, you can read through them, and you can go, okay, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. Right. You know? Particularly with Mark. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. with Mark, because he's just like the highlight reel. You know, he's the highlight reel at the 11 o'clock news, 10 o'clock news. Um, and so, yeah, so the fact that they, you know, that we now have the book of John, like you said, that has that high opinion, high look at, at, at the, the divinity of Jesus right? and more. I mean, we're going to talk about healing of the blind man, but John doesn't stop at just the healing. Right. You know, he, digs, he digs into exactly what it is, who Jesus is that allows him to do that.
0: Right. We're going to do the whole ninth chapter of John so you can open your Bibles to that. And to kind of go with what, and to build on what Keith said, it's interesting, John just doesn't leave, it's like he doesn't leave this story alone. The the bottom line is, Jesus heals a blind man, but John wants to talk about how the Christ, who is Jesus, affects, how people react to this, how how he affects life, and that's of incredible value to us, because Jesus is still doing this. He's not just... He's he's not just a moment in time, a person in history. Um, John represents these uh, stories as signs. He says that of of who Jesus is. And then as we read the story of the blind man being healed, of course, we are reading our own story. Now, I would say that of any of the gospel stories uh, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John— um, but with John, it, he really goes a long way to try to get, open our eyes to how and who right. we are. I know? mean, the cast of characters in this, I mean, you
1: pick one and say, I'm like them one day and then you go through it again another day and you're like, oh, I'm like that guy too. It right? is and a and, great uh, vignette, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. a great scene.
0: But before we get into it, are you going to say something? No, 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 no just okay. breathing. I, well, just <laughs> breathing. I thought some profundity was right, going yes, to be... No, I just took a breath. I was, I was wrong. Uh, I waited in great anticipation and was... Highly disappointed. Um, Keith, when were you amazed, to open us up, d- d- before we dive into John 9, when were you amazed by something that you learned? So it's interesting,
1: you know, because part of what m- what makes me, what, m- what my makeup is, is the joy of watching someone else discover something. Mm-hmm. And I think I realized it, maybe didn't, uh, you know, I-, I knew it when I saw this happen, that I was amazed at myself that this gave me such joy. When um, Alice and I, in our early in our marriage, we were asked to babysit three kids for friends, since they were going to go on a big long vacation and they needed they weren't going to take the kids. They needed someone to watch them. And the youngest daughter, Liz. Comes running into the house after school. You know, I'm there doing something, I don't know what I was doing. And she runs into the house and she immediately runs in, pulls open the utility drawer, grabs an ice cream scoop. Turns on the warm hot water and sticks the scoop in there while she, you know, and lets the hot water run on the scoop and grabs the ice cream out of the freezer, because she just had heard she had learned today that if you heat the ice cream scoop, it makes getting ice cream out easier. And I'm like, I knew that, you know, uh, everybody knows, you know, but then that was the realization. No, not everybody knows that. Right. And so I sat and I watched her, and her eyes got big as that hot scoop went right, right through that ice cream right. and 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 you of course she had a two bowls there because I asked for one and you know right, and you not gonna, gonna miss the, any opportunity opportunities. <laughs> right but just that and that and I thought my gosh how cool is that that she and 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 that, that eyes got and I'm like I love that look on somebody's face and so that's when I realized I, I like that. And I kind of started going, moving my life toward education and towards, um, you know, it took a big turn. Yeah. Um, you know, I never thought I'd be in religious education in any way, shape or form right. at the time. But in that moment,
0: think. you realize something about yourself. I, exactly. About how much you, that's interesting. Yeah. You, you, how much you love seeing somebody else have that
1: experience. Right. Just that a moment of realization. and To the point
0: uh, where you wanted that to be a regular part right, of your, exactly. your life. Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I yeah. want kids to. I wanted kids and adults too to just get to that moment of,
0: oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know,
1: and 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 so that that led me down. That led me down the road that I've taken.
0: Yeah. For me, I I I was telling a story before the show started about how at 21, when I was on the golf team in college, I I realized in a moment in a, on a very cold rainy day <laughs> when I was qualifying for the team I, it was just a, a moment out in the middle of the golf course where I said to myself I hate this game yeah. now I didn't hate the game I had spent my whole life up to that point playing right. the game and I don't hate the game I love the game but the realization was that I don't love it in the way that I assumed that I loved it right. and and uh, that was an important, because that moment made room, and I told you before the show, yeah, yeah. that moment made room for me to love, to to, to question, kind of similar to what you were experiencing, that question what it is that I really did love. And right. it was interesting that, that that had to happen in order for God to bring in the idea of loving uh, ministry. And right. it, that, that's where these two stories, I think, really intersect. Yep. Uh, but I had to learn, I had to learn the, how to categorize this dominant thing, which was golf, uh, uh, in my life in my childhood? It was yep. just something I did every single day. Right. And then at 21, I was like, "Yeah, I don't love it as much as I my I, I don't love it yeah. as much as as I th- am assuming or what I'm telling myself." Yep. And I I'm always fascinated by that because I mean, there's a certain self deception there. Yep. Where, where, and then it makes me wonder. You know what other self-deceptions are, am I operating with, and and would God like to sledgehammer a little bit? Uh, oh my
1: gosh, yeah, I, I you know, I, 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 learned in fifth grade I didn't like basketball, mm-hmm. so I, mine happened a little sooner than right. yours because yeah, right. my dad was a huge basketball right. guy. Right, I remember you saying it. Yeah, and so, so yeah, so it is an amazing thing when it is that moment and, and sometimes we think oh that's terrible but in at the same time it's yeah. like no that opens the that opens space in our lives to start thinking and and filling right. that void with something that we do
0: have a it's not terrible it's, it, yeah, it's yeah it's not terrible it is it's honest but right. it, it but human beings uh, we go, can go for a long time with a lot of
1: lies wow. you know what amazes me is you know, i've played golf with you and even like 50 60 years later you're still a good golfer, even though you didn't practice those. 50 (laughs)
0: or 60 years. Oh,
1: am I wrong there? (laughs) Uh, you guys, wow. do the, you guys do the math. Wow. This is what I think of him. Yes, wow, he's just an old decrepit yeah, man. an old man. All yeah, right, anyway. so we're into
0: John nine, and John nine, you need to read on your own. Please do that. If you oh, want to yes. shut off our, our podcast right now yeah. while you read chapter nine, go ahead and then come back to what we're, we're going to make reference to it. Right, uh, but we're not going to read it for you, just in the interest of time. There's the, that would take up too much of our time. Um, in, in this passage, uh, he, Jesus heals a blind man who was blind from birth. He's right. never had a day where he was not blind. He's the, his whole life is blindness right. up to this point, and he's begging on the street. Um, other renditions of this story are, are, are coordinated with blind Bartimaeus. It's not necessarily that, but uh, him, but uh, we can assume that without too much uh, uh, offense. Um, in this story... Jesus says something very interesting about human suffering. Uh, and before we, he gets to that statement, there, there's a remarkable, I think, insensitivity here uh, in this story because it just says they walked along, right. Jesus with his disciples, and they come across this man who's b- blind from birth. He's begging. Yep. And his disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So this ver- the whole thing starts with this very... Intellectual philosophical question. Right. While the blind man is just sitting, sitting there. there, I find this to be remarkably. Uh, in, see this poor pathetic thing, creature sitting here mm-hmm. who can't see. Right. He's a sinner, is uh, clearly because yes. he's blind. He's right know right. you know who, who is it is it that he's rotten or his parents were rotten that's how we because start. he was
1: blinded from birth right so you know that that triggers the idea of it was it was his parents that right. might have caused this problem he's
0: blind from birth clearly God hates there's right. a, a, this, this Some person, things happen there's yeah. there's this complete asu- presumption by the the disciples. <laughs> They, 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 they it's remarkably insensitive while the guy is well, just sitting right there. It's true.
1: I mean, it, to me, I guess it was always that they're walking along and they see him at a distance so you he can't hear, but, you know, what do I know? You, you, it, you don't, don't know. I, yeah, I don't hope know, that's the case. Right? But, no, for me, I, I you know, you ask the question, what does Jesus say about human suffering? And I think he he points out that it's, it you know, that it's not a punishment, first right. and foremost. Right. That... You know, and I think a lot of people, even today, because this is an easy story for me to put myself in. When I'm going through tough times, I'm like, oh, God, what did I do to deserve this? It's like, well... Keith, you were born sinful. You deserved hell, but that's not your problem anymore. I mm-hmm. got that taken care of. What does it matter? What happens mm-hmm. here? But but for me, it's just, oh, what did I do? How did I get here? You know, God, how can I fix it with you so that you make it right? And and, and Jesus points out point blank. he's He may be blind just so that God's glory could be shown. You're right. This is and, an
0: interesting thing that because I think you're right. A lot of people go there right. where it's like, Things are bad for me. I'm suffering. I'm having pain. Yep. God must hate me, is what I'm right. saying.
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, I always laugh. I say, whenever we get to a study of the book of Job, I know something bad's going to happen because <laughs> God's prepping me <laughs> to remind me that it is not anything I have done, that it is not. It is just his will being worked out in the world.
0: It is a certain matter of fact. Exactly. And this is the profound thing that Jesus says. Uh, in verse 3, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Right. He 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 completely condemns the disciples' assumption right. and your assumption and mine about, hey, uh, things are bad. I must have hacked off God. God must be angry. God right. must hate me. Exactly. And he's saying, as you said, Jesus is making the declaration. That is not what's going on mm-hmm. at all. And then he continues with this statement. He said... He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Now, he's speaking of the blind man, but a good Bible studier, which we're trying to do and trying to be with this podcast, recognizes that he's not just talking about the blind man, he's talking about all of us. So he's making a a very important statement. He, you, are born blind. You have been born blind. I have Mm -hmm. been born blind. And there's a reason why you were born blind, and it is so that God's works might be revealed in him. Right. Uh, it isn't It isn't a punishment. Your blindness, your suffering, your yep. inabilities are not a punishment for your sins. It's not an expression of hatred and condemnation right. from God. Right. It is an opportunity. Jesus completely and totally turns this into a wildly positive thing. Yeah. Isn't it great that he's blind? Isn't it great that JD's blind? Yep. This is an opportunity for JD to be healed of this, but also, but more importantly, for everybody to see how great God is. Amen. There's a lot, a lot in this. Well, and that's exactly it. It's like,
1: so you know, don't walk away with the idea that we're saying, well, we're just God's playthings, that we're we're you know used. Our suffering is used by God. To, to show himself off because he's, you know, he's that kind of God. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact of the matter is he is a God that will be glorified in everything. Right. And that, that you know, blindness is, is because of sin, but it's because we live in a fallen world that is full of sin. Right. And Because, you know, so often people say, well, how could God do this or let this happen? It's like, well, that was not God's plan. Right. If you read the first chapter of Genesis, that was pretty much God's plan to to live in harmony with us, to walk with us, to love us, you know, to be there. We messed that up. Right. And brought about this to our, on ourselves. And so, and Satan's there cheering us on. Right. You know. Towards blindness. Exactly. We move towards blindness and therefore we are blind when we're born from birth. And then Christ opens our eyes. It's a great metaphor to me. I, I mean, you know, here we are stumbling around in sin, and all of a sudden we meet Jesus, and Jesus says, here, let me take that from you. Let me take your burden. Let me, let me do something for you.
0: One of the things I really like, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, one of the things that I like what you said there and, and it inclined in my mind is, is that that God Encounters us in our, our 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 condition is to be blind. Our condition is to be fallen. Right, and so if you're God, you have an you have you come upon this this being, the human being, right in in mass and in individual form. And uh, this being is lost in sin, uh, is blind, uh, whether a large group or or just a, you know an individual. Right, and the two choices that God has. It, 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 and That Jesus has in this story right here, as He just walks along the street, He has the choice with with this individual or, and with us to just say, "Wow, uh, I'm not going to love. I'm not going to. This person is 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 blind. They're broken. They're lost um, in sin. Uh, they're they're mortal, so they're destined for death. Right. I'm just not going to deal with this at all." And I think the, the declaration that Jesus is is making is about himself, about about what God chooses. He encounters right. this being, and instead of rejecting the being and throwing them away, yeah. which probably makes more sense for God to do, right. he says, you know, I'm going to take this one on. I'm going to take uh, this blind one on. I'm not going to let his condition, his blindness... His sinfulness, his dirtiness, his decrepit, his depravity, prevent me from loving. I'm going, and so it's a wonderful thing where God does not let all of our walls, all of our our layers, prevent Him. He He's not deterred by that. Right. He 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 sees that as an opportunity to act and to be revealed and to be and to be known. Right. That's what we're declaring here. Uh, The blindness, the condition is unavoidable because we're fallen. That's what we're going to be. Right. It's going to be that
1: way. And And just the way you said it is a perfect, what I was hearing in my head at the same time as you were talking was that it was God doing. It's God breaking through the walls in our lives. It's God tearing down that sin. He's actively pursuing us. This blind man didn't know Jesus was standing there with his disciples. This blind man wasn't seeking Jesus out. I mean, there are stories where people come up to him, like the lady with the the bleeding, and Mm -hmm, she touches the hem of his robe. She was seeking him, but it was because... he sought her out first. You know, he, God was telling her, getting her ready for that moment. This guy, I mean, he's just sitting there, alms, just anything, Any, anybody, right. anywhere, right. and and you know, now the Messiah comes up, and and as as you know, we're, our next question: What does Jesus do to the man? Um, he he spits in dirt and makes mud and puts it on his eyes. Now that's what he does physically, mm-hmm. but spiritually and all and, and and in other ways, he he. Releases the man from his sin. Right. He he says, you know, you're healed.
0: Right. And he makes him into a seeing being. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. and and uh, he does the same for us. And one of the things that stands out to me is that the disciples and us, mm-hmm. witnessing the story, the the disciples are witnessing it firsthand. We're witnessing it secondhand through the reading of the gospel. Right. It can stay intellectual. We can oh, just yeah. sit there. It, the disciples and us can sit there and say, oh, wow, well, that's interesting that right. the, the Lord did this for this man. And that isn't even close to good enough. That that to me is such a sad, sad possibility that, that the disciples or and or we could have that reaction because right. the, the, the proper reaction is for the disciples to witness this and for us to read this and say, alleluia. Look at who God is, right. that, he, that, that he reacts to our blindness uh, and that he reacts to our death and our disability, our comp- not even disability, complete inability yep. uh, in this way by transforming it. We're, you know, we're supposed to have that reaction to this story, and we only have that reaction, if, and the disciples will only have that reaction as they walk by, if they see themselves as the blind man on the road. Right. But the disciples, I don't think, have that reaction. I, it, maybe later they, they did, uh, but they, in the moment, I don't think they sit there and say, wow, they, they should say, wow, look at not only what he did for this man, I'm that man. Right. Because they're not begging by the side of the road. They weren't born blind, but they need to see themselves as that in order to have the proper reaction, and so do we.
1: I don't know that in all the three years these guys walked around following Jesus with all the number of miracles they put themselves in that spot until after he died and rose again and ascended. They finally realized, oh he did that for me too. Right. And I think it might have been a work of the Holy Spirit that he was given. They were given as well. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, I yeah, I think yeah, anybody seeing this at, from the outside that doesn't have the Holy Spirit that doesn't understand is it, like what a great guy this Jesus was. He's a good man, right. and they don't realize. And that's I think John really digs in here with the idea that no, he was more than a man. He mm-hmm. is, um, you know, the Pharisees begin to investigate right. because they don't like the idea that he's doing this on the Sabbath. But right. he's Lord of the Sabbath. He, you know, he he, he owns the Sabbath. he owns it. Yeah, right. right. Well, he owns everything really. Right. And these guys are like, wait a minute, you yeah. know. And and so so let me ask you our next question: What are the Pharisees?
0: Yeah, so. The the Pharisees come along and they, investiga- they investigate yes. this thing uh, that has happened. Now we could say that, that that Jesus came along and gave the blind man his sight, but he tra- he did more than that. He changed yeah. the blind man's right. entire existence. The man, yes, his ability to relate, his way of relating to other people, and to, now now he is a seeing being, and he's going to he's not going to be begging by the street anymore. He has ability, and he has a he has a story. Uh, to tell about being healed and having his life completely changed. Right. And uh, so he, he's not only been—God God has not only affected him by giving him sight. It's much more extensive than that. He, Jesus has, extend, has changed his entire life. And in answer to your question, what are the the Pharisees? Yeah. They're the people who have to deal with somebody who's been changed by Jesus Christ, right. and they it's fascinating. You would think that that would be easiest and easy and joyful right. for them to do, right. and it's and it's not. And and so the question that you ask is interesting. Who? What are? What is this this group of people that doesn't do this?
1: So what are they? They're the establishment. You're right. Right. They're the ones that are in control that don't like the idea of. People changing willy nilly. They want people to change into what they are, in my opinion, right? And how many of us that are, have been involved with Christianity have become Pharisees in our own lives? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I, I think of, uh, I don't know that I've ever told a story here about um, the ch- one of the churches I've been to in the past. The, the, one of the young pastors, one of the youth pastors, came across a transvestite prostitute in the middle of the night, and started talking to them about Jesus, and the young man accepted Christ. Mm. But then he thought, how can I ever take this guy to that church Mm -hmm. that I go to, that I work for? Their ties on Sunday, coats, that's what, you know, he, so he went out and planted his own church that, that has grown now, that's very, you know, that, that, that People that are in charge, the Pharisee in all of us, would would look at it and say, that's not a good change. Right. We can't accept this. We can't. Th- are you sure that really happened? And I think that's what the Pharisees are doing in this particular instance.
0: So I want to thank you for that story because it's wonderfully timed, and, and I think it's a perfect analogy of what we're talking about. Right. So what you're saying in that situation was, here's this obnoxious... Healing of this of this person, right. and acceptance of Christ as Lord and Savior, and the pastor immediately realizes, I'm in a community that has become so Pharisaic, so much, so much of the Pharisee. Right. They're not going to accept this. They're going to have a reaction to this. Right. And in his case, the pastor doesn't chooses not to even even try. And I'm not being critical of of, of inflicting. What God has done with this person okay. on his community, he doesn't even try to deal with that, not being critical at all. It seems to be pretty understandable. He went off and he changed it he it, it created an entirely different community that could right. handle that right uh in this case, Jesus is not afraid to have his work inflicted upon the right. community upon the Pharisees who are the authority, they are the ones in control, and more than that the wonderful juxtaposition here is uh juxtaposition you uh, uh, know what, uh, you yeah, mean. You knew what I meant, uh here is that the pharisees what are the pharisees they are people who are blind and won't admit it right the the the, the man who is blind is blind and knows it and has no choice but to admit it right. because he was born blind and he knows that he doesn't know what it is to see he can only imagine what it is to see right. uh the pharisees are blind and don't know and don't want to be healed of, of of that. Well,
1: yeah, because their sin is comfortable for them. Right. Their their sin of of you know ego and power and the things that they get from right. being who they are is comfortable. So why would I? I you know, if the blind man always got a denarii, one denarii a day or something like that, you know, where he would be very comfortable, he'd be like. No, Jesus. No, thanks. I I don't want my eyes healed. Right. I, this is this is a good job. You know, this is a good thing I got going on here. You, you
0: years ago, we, I was living in Chicago. and I was listening to a radio show, and the guy had a it, it asked the question, and he said, uh, "If you were blind, if you were blind, and you could be healed for a week or a month, right. it, only to go up, knowing that." After that month, you would have You'd to go, go back to be, or right. a year, whatever. Would you go back? And a guy called in, and he says, "I was born blind, I'm blind from birth." And if that was offered to me, I wouldn't take it. Right. I don't want to see for a month, and then only to to lose it later. Right. Now I'm not okay. That, that's 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 interesting, but I think. Most of us would assume that everybody would ta- that's blind would take that deal just yeah. for the experience of being able to see. Yeah, that would hurt
1: too much. I am with your I'm with that caller. Right. I, I, I don't know that I could do it. But there's
0: an interesting part of it too that we get so used. The Pharisees, what are the Pharisees? They're people who are blind, but they're so they're so used to being blind. Right. They have no interest in 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 any kind of change to right. that. And then if you read chapter nine, they're just reacting. They, it's remarkable the overreaction that they have they yep. they're just like they can't stand the fact that this guy has has been made well they just can't stand it now they focus on the fact that it was done on a sabbath and all right. that kind of stuff but, but deeper than that is they they can't stand why do they care right. why why would they why would they even care but they take it as a personal offense that this great thing has happened to this guy that they don't care about at all all of a sudden I think they're they're, just think they're, by they're
1: confronted with it's their own they're confronted with their own sin in this. I think too. You know, just real quick because I thought it was very humorous when I was reading through this this week as I was you know looking at this and preparing. They call his mom and dad. Yeah. the 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 whole scene starts with who sinned, the man or his mother and father? Right. And then called into this is mom and dad, the Pharisees are, are, I think it's just, it shows us that everybody's caught up in this whole idea of, you know, is it your parents' fault or is it your fault? And, you know, now there's, they're, you know, the, the parents played such a big part in all of this. And they're like, well, what are we, you know, we're not going to get in this you're right. of age. Don't, don't, don't right. ask right. us. And, right. you know, that kind of thing. So, so, you know, it cracked me up. It's just like, well, it kind of bookends this whole scenario because then there the Pharisees are like, well, it's Jesus of Nazareth, he's the one. And then the guy goes out and finds Jesus and just is like, thank you, and you know, wants to follow him and, mm-hmm. and changed his life. But I just I just found it humorous that mom and dad were, were dragged into this. Right. And they and didn't want to have anything yeah, to do with it. They didn't want
0: to make any they didn't want to take a stand, they didn't want to make any kind of declaration right. at all. Because they, they were comfortable in their place in the synagogue. They didn't want to lose that. They didn't want to And comfortable is an intri- I'm glad you brought that word word up because this, this passage is very much about discom- comfortable, being comfortable and Jesus bringing glorious discomfort right. by, by completely transforming one person's life. It, it, trans- it, it, it transforms him, it transforms the community around him, challenges them. And then in verse 41, Jesus says, to the Pharisees, he, he said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say that we see, your sin remains. This is a big statement.
1: This is bold.
0: Well, so it, it challenges me. Again, we have to read it as if he's saying it to us because he is. And it was like one of the things that I think human beings say, I certainly do, whether we realize it or not, is that we say to ourselves, I see just fine. Then, if we go to an eye doctor, and in my case, and in Jonathan's case, and to a certain extent, your Mine, case, yep. he says to me, Your eyesight is. Pour it, and right. we need to get corrective lenses that are, you know, minus right. eight and a in one eye. It was oh, pretty wow. strong. Now, there's yeah. some people that are a lot worse than that. Right. I, but I mean, I cannot see. I believe him when he declares that I, I, I can't see. Now, can I see? Yeah, I can see. It's sure. real blurry. Right. It would be ludicrous for me to say I well, I see fine enough, <laughs> uh, and I don't say that to him. But I do say that to God. And in this passage, yep. God is yelling at us. You can't see. You're a Blind, and it's, we give him an idiotic answer. Nah, I'm, I'm not blind. I can see just fine. Right. We wouldn't do that with the doctor, the eye doctor, but we do that with God. That's I, fascinating
1: to me. I mean, to carry it on too, if you get if you get into an accident because you're not wearing your glasses or your correct right. lenses. That's not an excuse, you know. You are oh well, I can't see. Well, then you shouldn't be driving. Right, exactly. You know, you've broken the law um, by doing what you've done, and you're and you're held accountable. It was what she's saying here too. You said you could see, mm-hmm. so you got in the car, right? But you're no, you're you are culpable. You can't play the oh well, I'm blind, I couldn't see card, right? Because you are responsible. For right. your sin right. that right. you have perpetrated, and that's what that's what Jesus is saying here. And I'm not saying no, go out and drive without your glasses. It's okay. Don't do that. Oh, well, sure but, you were, yeah, right. <laughs> You've seen my subtext. But it, it it really this is how we live our lives. It's just oh, I'm fine. I can see, and and God in the end is going to say, no, it was you said you could see. So how did you not see what? what i told
0: you and to wrap this yeah this is a story of a healing of a blind man but it's god making john the author the, the voice of god through john the author making a declaration raising the question to the audience which is us about how extensive is blindness in our world that's what this story is really shouting at us and and the believer is going to say blindness is an uh, spiritual blindness is an is enormously extensive, right. very destructive, very separating between us and God, uh, and we need to admit that. Uh, and it's uh, are we going to recognize that this is how God sees us? He makes the declaration that we're not nothing but sheep. we're going to get into that in, right. in and in a, he ma- he has some distinctions about who we are and declarations about what we are and one of the declarations that Jesus has about us is that we are blind right and that we just one of our big problems is we just aren't going to go to the eye doctor. We're just not going to admit Right,
1: yeah. In your story, you go to the eye doctor, at least you're admitting you know you have something going on with right. your eyes. I still remember the first time I ever put readers on, the cheaters on. We right. I got in that point in my life where I'm sitting there and I'm squinting and I'm trying right. to read something, and my buddy goes, here, try these. Yeah.
0: My and arms are not long enough uh, yeah, exactly. And
1: I put them on. And I mean, it was a revelation. It was just right. like, I was no longer blind. I right. could see. And, and maybe that was the one I should have used at the beginning. No, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, it, we need to acknowledge that we are blind There you go, and that we need Christ in right. our life to see and continue, not like the Pharisees questioning it, but glorifying God just as, as the blind man
0: did. By admitting it. By admitting it. Mm-hmm glory to God. Good job. Good work. Uh, This has been chapter 9 of John on the Dundee Church podcast. We're so thankful for you being with us. We'll be back uh, next week uh, continuing in the book of John. We look forward to having you with us.